from beautiful downtown Milheim. In the smack dab center of the Keystone State, this is Lou Bryson with Seen Through a Glass, a podcast that's mostly about food and drink in central Pennsylvania. Yes, that's right, we're back in our newly renovated house in Milheim. After imposing ourselves on our daughter and her cat, Louie, who's a darling boy, since June, the return has finally begun. There's still a lot of work to be done outside when it warms up, and the basement bar is still under construction, and the library needs shelves, and the recording studio is back on the drawing board, but we're home, so let's get to work. Welcome to episode 31. Let's talk beer. I've been wanting to get more beer content into the show. I know you like it, and many of you have followed my beer writing for years, and I thank you for that. So I tried an experiment this time. I reached out to Ben Klein, who helms a Harrisburg-based blog called The Beer Thrillers. The Beer Thrillers is a team-written blog that's mostly about beer, but there are book reviews and travel logs and pizza reports. You can see why I was attracted. Ben, along with fellow Beer Thrillers writers Amy Wolf and Josh Donsevic, were able to join me for an interview back in the brew house at Boneshire Brew Works in Harrisburg on a very snowy day. It was a challenging drive home to Center County afterward. It's a fairly lengthy interview, but we were talking about interesting stuff. Hazy IPA dominance, the return of classic styles, the life and death of beer bars, and the thing that's been on everyone's mind lately, brewery closings in central Pennsylvania. So most of the episode is going to be that interview. I'll give you a brief report on our family visit to the farm show and tell you about the Burns Night dinner we're boldly hosting as we unpack at our just-finished home. We're going to get to all of that, but first, here's what I'm... No, wait, we did a round of here's what we're drinking today in the interview. Let's just roll the tape. Buckle up for the beer thrillers at Boneshire Brew Works. Hey, I'm at Boneshire Brew Works with the beer thrillers. Do you guys introduce yourselves around the table? All right, uh, I'll kick off. Ben Klein. My name is Amy Walsh. And I'm Josh Johnsonvik. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming yeah. out. It's a snowy-ass day. I appreciate yeah. you coming yeah. out. I mean, it's farm show, so... That's true. Farm show week, right. yeah. I didn't know the weather was coming, <laughs> right? right? Mm-hmm. It's ah. almost like a guaranteed at this point. Yeah. 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 There was that one year. I, I think they've actually looked it up, and it's not, like, as accurate as we think it is. It's just we always... Like that biasy mindset. Yeah, you believe it. Right, yeah. yeah. Somehow became some sort of cliche thing, and now we always just expect it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is January, so. Thank you. Oh, my God, a pizza just arrived. Wow. Wow. Tomatillo pizza. Awesome. Look at that. You guys are, are bloggers, um, and what's your, what's your, I mean, I've seen just about everything on your blog, book reviews and beer reviews, and. It's a bit of a mix. Yeah, it's a, a full bag of things. Started it in 2019. I was going through a divorce, and I was like, you know, I need something to kind of fill my time and everything. So I started up a blog then, mainly just like beer reviews and a few, like I've been traveling here, doing this, that. Always like, you know, new Josh here at Boneshire and stuff, and he's always very descriptive with his beers. <laughs> so That's a nice way to put it. Right. So he's I, just being nice. <laughs> so I kind of unleashed him onto the blog. Started hooking up with Amy. Uh, Literally. A, right. As a nice way to put it. Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> um, very nice. Very nice. And then so, and she has a much better finesse of media and things like that than I do. So she's definitely helped out and she has her nice little own column and everything. But over the time of, it'll be five years now in, in May. Wow. That, since it first started. Congrats. It's, yeah, it's grown to be a lot more, like, just in my own ramblings of, like, all right, I've read, I read about 100 books a year, so I was like, you know what, why not throw some book reviews on, like, to go hiking, do some hike reviews, stuff like, you know, if I'm going to be out doing it, why not just take the little bit of time and write about it kind of stuff. Yeah, I actually enjoy the book reviews quite a bit. And uh, recently, about, uh, maybe not quite a full year now, Paul Can uh, has come on and helped out, and he's actually getting our site redone for us because oh, okay. I have like zero HTML skills, all that stuff, and he's getting it set up with a guy. It should be probably done within the next week or two. A brand new like rebuild on this site. Oh, fantastic! And he's done some book reviews and a few other like little like articles. interview type mm-hmm. articles for us. Yeah, 
Yeah, it kind of, it, I, I have to be honest, it, reading it and looking at it encourages me to, because I really want to do a little more than just food and drink. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. I figure, why not? What the hell? <laughs> it is, I do enjoy the idea that, like, talking about breweries gets people into trying out a new place. Because at the end of the like, I always think about this, like, at the end of the day, every single one of the breweries we've been to is, like, a mom and pop shop. Yep. It's like we're, I mean, outside of obviously the macros and stuff, it's still like even Trogues, as big as they are, even even Yingling, right? Yeah, we're still like a family, you know, business. It's not, you know, it's not like we're like facing off against like Walmart, like, right? It's so it's good to get like word of mouth out for places that maybe like you look at their social media page and they have like 400 followers as is, and it's like, all right, you guys are putting out some decent stuff, let's at least. Let Amplify people know that. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking of beers, what, um, I mean, this is kind of the part where I usually say this is this is what I'm drinking today, so right. let's take it around. Um, what do we got? So, I have in front of me um, Boneshire's Mexican Lazarus. Which yeah. is the beer everyone keeps talking about when, when I, <laughs> yep, I was yep. yeah. And there's good reason about it, because at its base, it is Lazarus, which is a Russian imperial. If you look at the spelling of it, L-A-Z-A-R-I-S. And R-I-S is in capitals because it's a Russian imperial stout. Yeah. Uh, Typically sits around 9.5%, so it's almost 10% territory. When they do variants, uh, when they do variants of this beer, oh, yeah, uh, they can get over 10%, or what I like to call big damn beers. Yeah. Uh, Mexican Lazarus is their take on, think of Chaco Vesa from Stone. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's going to have cinnamon, it's going to have chocolate, coffee, and my favorite pepper, habaneros. Wow. Sits nice. at 10%, and for me, it's a very easy drinker. For whatever reason, Lazarus from Boneshire just goes down way easier than it should. How's it feel in the mouth? Um, Heavy? Peppery. No, honestly. Uh, because, and I swear to Alan that his Play-Doh, so in other words, the residual sugars that are left over. Mm-hmm. I swear it's very close to one. Wow. Because the closer you get to one, the easier that beer, regardless of ABV, is to drink. I, I do love a dry imperial. Yeah. This yeah. 10% drinks like a six. That's scary. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but this year's Lazarus, uh, you are greeted with cinnamon and chocolate that goes into that, that coffee bitterness. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you get a nice warming sensation from the habanero. Cool. If you can't tell, I'm a little biased, but I'll <laughs> it's admit a it. Favorite. Yeah. Amy, what do you have? I have the uh, Green Machine with um, the variant that has coconut in it. And the Green Machine is a. It's one of their flagship beers, so it's one of the IPAs. It's one of those beers that, like, I can't go wrong if I get the Green Machine. So um, maybe I should have worn a Hawaiian shirt to go with the, <laughs> the coconut variant, but it's nice and light. How's that working know? with the coconut? I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. It's not overpowering. It's not in your face. It's just kind of hanging out there with you, and you're having you're having a good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Ben? Uh, uh, I always have to, always, if I'm able to here, if they have it, the barley wine is just, firstly, I'm just a, I'm a huge barley wine fan. Another big general. damn beer. Right. Yeah, and I'm just going to uh, note that uh, both you and Josh are drinking from uh, oh, full-size mugs. Yep. Yes. Yep. Mug already, club members. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're well into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, two years ago, uh, me and my buddy, uh, we always go out to AC for the AC Brewfest, and we've started up doing like the 5K ahead of time. Yeah. And after COVID, they moved the Brewfest to June. So Atlantic City weather can be kind of hit or miss, but the the first year we did the run, it was like scalding hot. It was like 80-some degrees June. And we just did the 5K. Like, I'm dying because I'm not built for 5Ks anymore. I don't play soccer anymore. <laughs> and the first tent, because like once you finish, you can start drinking early then. And the first tent, there was Broken Goblet with, I forget the name of their barley wine, but it was at least a 14%. Oof. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, we're here. Daddy going in heavy. Right, right? <laughs> so we went straight for the barley wine and... And I was and like I'm wearing like the medal from the run, all proud. <laughs> and the guy says to me, "Goes, I will let you have all of these tasters right now, right away, and if you can chug that barley wine because you are sweating your balls off." And I said, oh "Done." God. 
pounded that barley wine. Char- oh! Challenge Ben. And then yeah. started, started drinking the others, and it was probably the quickest I've ever gotten drunk at a brew fest, which might be saying something, and it might not be. I'm not oh, yeah. sure. But, no, uh, Bone Shire's barley wine, though, is just, uh, it, it's like almost like a, like especially, like, I feel like, I'm not a big seasonal person. Like, I can drink a stout in the summer. It's not a bother. But, like, a day like this where we can see the snow. Yeah. There's still poinsettias sitting around. The Christmas tree is still kind of up. It just feels like I can put my feet up, sit there in front of the, the fireplace, kind of a beer, and just call it a day. Like, give me a cat in my lap type of a thing and a book, and I'd be all set. You know, like, it's... Yeah, our last episode was on soup, and you know, there's a reason I did a soup episode. <laughs> Absolutely, in January and yeah. July. Yeah, yeah, same kind of thing. It's it's all right in that. So, yeah. is it a is it one of the like triple IPA barley wines, or is it more a malt pillow barley? This wine? This is more malty. Okay. It's got like it's a heavy feel. It's like I probably drank it far quicker just like than I normally do, just because I think with. The atmosphere of this right now and everything. Oh, man, are you kidding? When I walked yeah. out that door, I was just happy to be here alive. Right? <laughs> right. So Car's not damaged. It's all good. Right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yay! So I think it was a case where, like, this is a, meant to be, like, more of a sipping. Like, I'm not... I feel like It goes a, so smooth, though. It's yeah, hard. It does. That one is it smooth. is a smooth... Like, there's nothing bitter, nothing, like... You're picking it out, like, distinctly noting. It's just a, a very well-blended beer. Which is, like, I think, like, why I do enjoy typically heavier beers. Like, I do, like, a barrel-aged beer to me is, I mean, it's dumb right. It's just a wonderful, because you get, like, a blended, like, the bourbon or whiskey or oak or whatever wood barrel just gives it such a well-rounded. Yeah, if it's it, well done, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, some of, like, Trogue Splinter beers and stuff. Oh, like yeah. That is, yeah, like, Impending yeah. Descent's one of my favorites for that reason. It's just, the barrel-aged for it is just wonderful. So I, uh, you get me a, uh, a testify. It's a rye pale ale or rye IPA? Or session, session IPA. Yeah. Session IPA. Okay. I mean, Emphasis on the session. It's got it's got a great aroma. The, the hops are coming right out of it. Um, I mean, just about brilliant. Uh, just a slight bit of haze to it. Not really. I mean. Need a bit. Before hazy IPAs. I'd have said it was hazy, but now right. it's, you know, now it's practically, <laughs> that, that's practically, practically crystal. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it does have that right twang to it, too, when I, when I took a swim. I feel like, I think, like, in that, because like, you mentioned it, I feel like we're somewhat moving back out of the haze yes. phase. Yes, Although, I mean, I still I, see, like, some real orange juice beers out right. there. But, and, and there, I think there's, like, the iconic breweries still mostly doing yes. it. And I think some trying to imitate it still. Yeah. But for the most part, I think there is a, maybe not a, a push, more, but, no, like, I'm a seeing a lot pullback. of people, talk, what do they call it, a new age IPA? Okay. Like a hybrid? <laughs> I've seen, yeah. yeah, that, like, Trogues did that hop war, which they called, like, a West Coast and East Coast yeah. IPA. And, like, I like the idea of falling back from the hazy. Because, like, even my friends who aren't big, big craft beer fans but will drink craft beer, they've gotten to the point of, like, I don't know, it's all one the same. Like, I'm not going to throw any breweries under the bus on it, but, like, certain breweries will have five hazy IPAs. And this one's Simcoe and Citra. This one's Mosaic and Citra. This one is Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe. Like... Yeah, a little I, and, more imagination, please. Right, and you can't even tell the difference. Like, you wouldn't even know the like, they're each name different. That's the only way you know. Yeah, and, but you're, you are filling up the tabs. And that is, yeah. yeah. The market share is always going to dictate. Let's see, the problem with that is the fact that those beers sell. Right. And True. they're easy to, they're relatively easy to make. And Whereas they, when you go into a brewery and you see Pilsner, Lager, Stout, there's an IPA, but there's not more than two. And you so the cost the, would be higher at that one, is what you're saying? Maybe it's possible. Mm-hmm. But if that brewery does them right, there's no reason why you can't have a variety right. on tap. I, I also true? think that that works best if they're the only brewery in the area that's doing that, Ooh, and everybody yeah. else is doing the like, yeah. The, oh, let somebody else do it. We'll focus on. Yeah. And those guys are picking up all the people who want the other yeah. stuff. I get excited. We we, I did a, a Hanover episode. I yeah. went to a Hanover with yeah. a, with a friend of mine. We hit. It, we ran into three ESBs in two days, which Ooh. just blew my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, 
Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I get excited about. Yeah. If, well, I, if I see a style weeks, that. I had three Czech dark lagers. If what I see. See, if so I see Saison. If I yeah. see Pilsner. If I see something other than. I'm getting it. A haze, it's like, yeah. j- just pour it and don't stop. There's also that concept of when you go to a brewery when you're checking out new spots is you want to go to a brewery. You want to try it all to see like, okay, right. what's their flagship? What, what do they got going strengths? on? What's their seasonal? What's you try to, you try to, right. Yeah. You try to create that like perfect flight. And some places when you got like six IPAs, you're just oh. like, okay, what do we do? Uh, yeah. I have the stout. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a stout. It's stout season And the stout's now. weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is supposed to be a milk cell. Why does it taste like water brown? Yeah. Uh, there's what, that. Uh, what sells fastest? Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I it's three letters. Sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Typically, it I'll is. I'll pour another. Yeah. Right. It increases profits automatically. <laughs> so you won't throw breweries on the bus, I mean, which is great, no. but I'm going to bring one up. Here we go. Because, number one, again, I am a little biased towards this, but sure. Adroit Theory in Virginia. Okay. Mm, yummy. They have a portfolio that... Whatever they do seems to just print money, which is fine. Wow, yeah. Good for them. <laughs> but I went to an event late last year. They have a portfolio that is, is typically IPAs, hazy IPAs, sours, and they get into Russian Imperial Stouts and Stouts. Now, they are expanding Wow, that. are they are they funded by Untapped? <laughs> <laughs> That's... I, I bring them up yeah. because the assistant brewer was mentioning that we are getting into... Different styles, so they're getting into loggers. Wow! Yeah, which there's is great, and there. they're also I mean, getting two plates there. under seven percent because this is a brewery that almost since inception. So when their original brewer passed away, I think things changed a little bit. Sorry, we had a bit of a bit of a hiccup there. My mother called, and at ninety two, I I feel like I have to answer the phone. So mm-hmm. yeah. We did that, Mom's yeah, fine. Under- understandably, really. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well warranted. Yeah. While we were paused, uh, we served out some pizza and we we're eating pizza. And now we're talking about pizza. So, Josh, please pick up where you were. Yeah. I apologize. No, no, you're absolutely fine. Uh, again, uh, mother at 92. Gotta uh, check Mom. God love her for being <laughs> yeah. that old. Like, good old age. Especially uh, when she she's can, calling you to tell you how much she liked her Christmas at, at 92, she, she can officially say, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Still doesn't want to. No, yeah, but no. good again, for her. Yeah, yeah. If she's still of sound mind, and you know, awesome. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mentioned a drink theory. Uh, was at a beer dinner uh, late last year, and the assistant brewer brought out the fact that hey, we are expanding our essentially beer portfolio. Still going to offer the same beers that you guys know us for: the barley wines, the Russian imperial stouts, the hazy IPAs. All the stuff that we put out that has been out that you have loved, but now we're going to throw loggers and stuff that is lower, like under 7%. Now, my personal experience with them, I've never had a bad beer from them. Ever. Um, I've gone to their brewery twice, have always had an awesome interaction with the people that are there. They just, it's a brewery like Boneshire that can do no wrong. Do I absolutely love every single thing that either Boneshire or Adroit Theory does? Okay. No. My palate isn't set up for that. However, I will tell you, everything that I have had from them or from here to style, and it's been great. You'd have another. Uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also somebody that uh, they did a beer called Nine. It was Roman nu- numeral Nine. Yeah. And it was uh, made in reference to Dune. We, oh, I, we, okay. Uh, oh, you guys I just ex- experienced that? Well, yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I got nice. it about maybe a year or so ago. So oh, none of these I got the, I got the uh, artwork. <laughs> yes. Because they did like shipping for it. So it okay. sits right next to my so, computer desk. I'm on Tavor because I like to get beers out of the state. And at a time, they had those beers released through Tavor. I got all three in bomber bottles. Uh-huh. I still have them. Bombers are just yeah. Not you're right. what a bomber is. Right. I may have to explain that to the listeners. <laughs> and <laughs> anyone under the age of like twenty-five yeah. <laughs> right. does yeah. not understand what bombers are. And they have a a metal fest, and they they put on stuff that they have every year. And they were giving away wine glasses with the full wraparound artwork of all three cans. That I I questioned them on social media, and I said, hey. You know, can I get what you know? Where can I get one of these? Are these going to be available after this event? And they said, Yeah, if we have any left over, sure. 
Sure enough, as soon as this is on the website, I bought it. I had to. Saved the final three third bottle. Took a picture of all three bottles with the artwork. They have been on their social media amazingly responsive. <laughs> they liked it and commented on it. And it's like, guys, I can only love you so much. <laughs> I, all right, I'm a fan for life. So they're down in Percival, uh, Virginia. Love them dearly. We'll always go there. We'll always get their beer. It's like it's uh, a nice area, generally it speaking. Is. Like, yeah. there's a few other places. Not everything's not super close there, as far as like some places are like very brewery dense. Yeah. Mm. Well, once you there's get off of 15, like going down 15, there's um, Vanish, mm-hmm. which yes. I highly you recommend. And, yep. They well, are a they call themselves farm. a destination brewery. Yeah. Which, for good reason, they, right. they have a sprawling area. And quite literally, you can do a six flight, 12 flight, or 20, 20 flight. Right. I think it's basically all. Yeah. Even all, is all their yeah. taps. Yeah. And they span a very wide range of styles. It's pretty good, Virginia too. The food's is, great. Virginia's got a lot of farm breweries. It's rich. Mm-hmm. It's it is rich. Some are hit or miss, though. A lot of yuppie yes. areas. Um, another good, just speaking of like Virginia farm breweries, Wheatland Spring Farms. It was a, a beautiful, and we absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. You, you sat in like an old barn outside, you know, heaters on, because we went in like winter time. I forget what month, but just a wonderful, like had Leela with and everything and dog friendly and stuff, and it was just beautiful. I think that like we've often, like now this makes me want to, think about it and talk about it but like we've often discussed that like breweries come in a large variety of styles yes like because when we come up with our game plans like hey we're gonna visit say i don't know richmond or charlottesville like pick a town city Mm -hmm. whatever and then we'll google map or whatever like eight breweries or six breweries or five breweries we're gonna hit they're not all gonna fit you know this former lake where you picture breweries looking like and we've come up with like our terms and our like definitions like like me and amy have when we travel like oh this is a strip mall brewery or this is like an old like abandoned building that they bought kind of brewery like (laughs) like new trail beautiful place but when you get like when you get into new trail feels like all right, this Did is... Did I take a wrong turn? I know. Like, <laughs> am I in some abandoned lumber yard? Right. Like, yeah. Where exactly am I? I'm going to get murdered out back here. It's a lot better when you get inside. I mean, it's... <laughs> you know, it, it looks like what... Echoing... You, right. Big, yeah. Uh, Axeman Brewery is a very similar... Wonderful like location. former... Yeah. It's along that canal. That place looks- was built, whether they realized it or not, for COVID. <laughs> oh, yes. And they, and yes. They, and oh, they, my they, God, yes. I, I have heard from them, and I actually knew... Uh, a gal that used to work there, and she was a streamer on Twitch. And I like, I was like, wait a second, I know that brewery. Yeah, no, you weren't kidding because of the sheer area we, that place I mean, covers. We went there a couple times during COVID. It was not scary. Wonderful. Uh, and Axman is great. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. It was after twenty twenty one. It was twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a place like uh, what's her name in Williamsburg, John Ryan. You know, just oh, like yep. exquisite oh, no, little... We went to J.J. Radigan, I'm well, sure. Oh, I thought we went to John Ryan. And just up no. the street from Axman is Robin Hood. And Robin yep. Hood is essentially so a restaurant. Right. It looks like an old Perkins exactly. or Applebee's. That's exactly what right? it was. Yeah. yeah. And Robin Hood is a fantastic. Like, yep. I can't so speak good. enough of them, too. The food was fantastic. Beers are great. The nice Service thing is, yeah. if you turn... When you go into Robin Hood, if you turn left, you get... Old restaurant. Yes. If you turn right, yes. you get bar. Yes. And I love that dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, another place that does that is Rotunda. The, you have an old tiki bar. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, what used to be mm-hmm. called the Bad Orf is still going to be known the Bad Orf, even though they renamed oh, it. It doesn't oh, matter. Okay. Over an angle. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew they up have with my cousin living yep. there in LVC. Area, and we've so, done yeah. kegs and eggs there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. the beautiful thing about that place is... You go in the back, and it's a tiki bar, and they have garage doors, and it's great for the summer. If you want old English pub, they have that at the front. (laughs) And it is beautiful. And in between, you have rooms that are, like, European size, because they're they're off the beaten path, quote-unquote, and they're quiet. Mm -hmm. And there's a fireplace that isn't lit, but it's right there. Uh We're talking about breweries now. I wanted to get to... We just had a rough year. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of places closing. Yeah. I mean, we talked about um, liquid noise closing, reopening. And reopening yep. right? Yeah, um, there's a number of places that 
didn't reopen. I mean, Mount Gretna comes to mind. Uh, yeah. Helen Henry's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tattered Flag. Yep. Devil three Eye. Head, or, uh, three uh, Beards. Right. Yeah. Three um, Beards just closed. It, so are we, is this just turnover? Or are we looking at something I, different? So I'm trying to like write up a new, like a very big, like instead of just covering each one, and I'm going to always cover Dude, very big is what you do. Right. Right. Like, just, right. I, I want to do like a very large article, and I've been talking to some more in-depth people who know a lot more of the industry than I ever will. There's a, obviously a lot of factors. Like you can't just pinpoint it on like sure. right. one thing. Yep. Nothing ever can be. Well, it's um, all about hazy IPAs. Oh, let's let that die. <laughs> I think like one of the main points is we are at that like five to seven year window mm. for a lot of breweries. A right. lot of breweries opened like twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. There was time a big frames. surge. Yes. And there is a, <laughs> apparently <laughs> A like a business model that like five to seven years you can survive those. You're kind of usual lease term as well, right? And that was the which other is thing seven that, years, right? Five to seven years for a lot of businesses is a lease term. Yeah, and that's kind of like where you know then, hey, if I'm in the like if I'm running negative, how am I even paying my lease? Why would I keep? Why keep doing that? Right. Yeah. So I think we're hitting that point with a lot of those like 2018. Some people are talking about we're also hitting uh, payback on. COVID loans yep. Or, yep. or did and then people mm-hmm. are suddenly like, wow, I can't do this. There's also been talk of like this as an industry as a whole, alcohol consumption is lower yep. or they're switching from beer to other forms. Some of the, like my age of people, like I know this is for, like anecdotally, um, my own friends, some of them are switching more from craft beer to more liquor, like whiskey, like rum, Ooh, for bourbon, sure. and stuff like that. Which as works you, for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But like, we got whiskey <laughs> Santa here. Yeah. As you, as you age and stuff, you're starting, like, some of them are at, like, I'm not, but like, some of them right. are like, looking into like, calories and how oh, much yeah. they're actually physically. And then of course they go and put in a cocktail and all that's out right. the window, but. Right. Yeah. but like, what window? Right. Yeah. Like, There's no window. It's a 17th story window. <laughs> I was going to call it a garage door, but okay. you know. So craft beer comes with its own like issues, obviously, then health-wise, because it's a lot more calorie sure. and stuff. And I think the industry itself did itself no favors with, like, you get yourself into that mindset of, like, non-craft beer drinkers. Like, your, you know, your, your grandpa, your dad, your buddy, your boomer, who's a Bud Light, Budweiser, Bush, whatever – and they're here, and you're like, "Oh, this is a, a milkshake IPA that has strawberries and it's frou frou, right?" Like, and Fru-fru. you get a lot of <laughs> bullshit fruit bombs, is what we right. call Yeah, like you get <laughs> diabetes bombs. Yes, yes. Diabetes. is what I heard one brewer call them. You I get mean, into, seriously? No, you get into the, all these adjuncts added. Like, this is a peanut butter twist twirl, but it turns caramel. into that one up, one up, one up. Yes, yes. which yes. is why there are people that exist that call. I just want a beer that tastes like beer. Right, right, and I think. Yeah, before some... COVID hit, we were talking about doing a, a beer flavored beer festival, in, right? In Which is fine. Yeah. It's like, yes, I love a beer that yeah. tastes like childhood, but <laughs> right, but nineteen eighties childhood. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. love see. the novelty names and all that. Just like, back when Harrisburg had, and, yeah, and, and back when Harrisburg Angelica had and... Harrisburg Brewfest, and they had Little Big Brewfest. Yes, yeah, so uh, before fun Wolf was Wolf, they had a Imperial German chocolate cake. Yeah, and. On the nose, I smelled coconut, and you get you taste it, you get chocolate followed by the coconut, and it was like, I am suddenly six years old, and I love this beer to death. Right. So like an adjunct at the window, but I, mean, I don't I care. Admit, one of the earliest ones of those things I, I tasted was not anything at all like that. We were all like, that's really weird. I love this. Um, a brewery in Trenton, New Jersey, did a an imperial stout that tasted like Hot sticker dipping sauce. Oh, it was fantastic. It had ginger in it and pepper. Yummy. It was awesome. We just so drank the shit the, out of it. I would say the flavors out of that would be weird, but you're like, it if was, the combo but, works, I don't care. Wow. Right? But, yeah. But so like, and we all that, ordered dumplings. I don't, I don't know. But why. so in that vein, right. though, like, that, like when it was that novelty, it was great. Right. flavored dumplings. Right. Now it's expected, and, and you're like, yeah. Like when it becomes the norm, yeah. it, it loses that appeal, it loses that luster. Which is why you get into that competition. Right. Because you right. like, I hear people all the time saying, like, why isn't, like, Mad Elf or Nugget Nectar year-rounds? 
Oh, well, yeah, you don't want to. For good reason. Right, yeah. exactly. Because if Mad Elf or Nugget Nectar was a year-round beer, you'd be sick of it. Well, or not to mention, if, if, it was, if Mad Elf was year-round, I'd probably be dead. <laughs> right. Just, My mom, too. Yeah. My mom lives yeah. off of that stuff. Grandma Suan is yeah. a big fan. Absolutely lives off of it. Obviously, but, I'm the only one at the table that's not a fan. A, a Trog's crazy nut. <laughs> You're not a nutball? No. No offense to Trogues, but like... Mad Elf, I'm not impressed with. Reason is... Is it the cherries? You, you tell me it's a Belgian strong ale. Now, I'm the one that is it brewed to style. If I don't taste anything that's quote-unquote Belgian, a.k.a. the yeast they use, it's not. I, I just... You're very particular on the style, though. It needs to I be am. real. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah, that's respectable. That. That's because right. if it's I'm going to drink it and pay for it, like... It better be freaking good. And that's sometimes where it comes into play with is a brewery holding strong because you have people coming in that just want a good beer. They know their style. They know the styles they want. But there's also like that crowd of people that like have no freaking idea and you're serving. Yeah. Yeah. And you're serving them whatever. And sometimes it's, um, your friends will tell you what you want to hear kind of thing. And it's, you're not really having a good business there. Right. Going, cutting back to kind of the, the topic of, Breweries closing. Yes. Yeah. I think there was definitely a surge, and obviously I think COVID just being COVID and just being a hell of a time right. obviously curtailed everything. Everything. But I think like 2018, 2019, as like brewery industry like was on the rise, you got a lot of homebrewers who just got their like buddies like blown smoke so far up their ass. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Right. Like, Aunt Rose died. I have an inheritance. I'm going to open a brewery. Right, like, if I came up with any level of income to sustain it to start with or any level of equity or I could get a loan, which I yeah. like talking to my Pretty dad easy then. Yep. and talking to my dad who worked at like a large bank. I'm not going to obviously say the name of the bank either, but um, cause they do commercials with breweries actually to promote how they were like helping mom and pop shop type sure. stuff. There was a big push in like the, like just before COVID time from like 2018, 2019, even early 2020s, that breweries were going to be like this new industry that could really help yep. small communities. Like, I mean, you, they have a high and they still do, right? And know? they still I mean, do. Don't well, get that wrong. Right? Like, every even a small town like Hummelstown, Hershey, everything should have their own brewery type of a thing, right? And then this idea that is mom and pop bolstered up. Problem was most of them were just a homebrew. Yeah. Some of them very good homebrewers. Right. No, like not no disrespect for them as homebrewing, but like no business acumen. Right. No anything knowledge of like the financial sphere. And then it's like, well, I can brew beer. I can run a business. No. 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 And no. I think that's where we're now getting to that yeah, point. Some of those of are hitting. They're hitting the bricks because like they didn't have a restaurant, which COVID then Right. Obviously. You just everyone, need that little bit of food or something. What do you, uh, in your experience, what do you think is one of the bigger reasons for like, because I, I don't think, like, I definitely don't think we're at like a bubble bursting moment. I don't think there was like a bubble mm. burst. I think it's going to be a constricting. Because I do look at like Duclaw merging with like uh, River Horse. So yeah. Flying Dog moving, uh, merging with uh, FX Matt. Speaking of Flying Fish just declared bankruptcy. I, I did hear that like the yeah. other day. And it's yeah. like stuff like that. Like I think if we're in a, a more of a constricting than like a full out like. The, Consolidation. Yeah. Like the bubbles yeah. burst. I think the one guy I talked to who uh, was on the, the marketing sales for like some bigger regional breweries. And he's been on a couple now. His comment was if you're not a large enough size brewery. And I'm and he listed like three. And I'm going to give their examples because. Sure. Right. Trogues. And I'm just, this is our yeah, area yeah. type stuff. Trogues, Rusty Rail, New Trail. Right. And he said, if you're not their size type distribution, don't get into distribution. Ugh. There's no point to it. That's yeah. a whole nother discussion, honestly. Well, right. Distribution he, from the brewery. That's a whole nother and discussion. He said, like, Maybe we should come back for another episode. Right. So his comment to that was, shift yourself to just being that local brew pub. Have a good restaurant or food. Have that like local beer that they're only going to get at your place. So they yep. have to yep. come to your place. Do you, like, would you say that's, like, in your experience or knowledge? I think that's some of it, but I think there's, you know, as we mentioned, as you said earlier, there are a bunch of different models. And I, I honestly, even at this point, I think there are uh, several different models that work. Yeah. And I don't think you need the restaurant. I kind of hope you don't. My issue with the whole thing is 
you know, this proliferation of tap rooms yeah. really put a hurting on the classic craft beer bar. Yeah. You know, a lot of them went under. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, like I, old school ones, uh, Falling Rock in Denver, the Grey Lodge in Philly. Uh, Monks is a just special place that I think Monks can is, hold up. Is Bulls Head and Minutes I think can hold sure. up. Um, but, but I do think there is... People don't uh, go to them Right, because I've even personally thought to myself, if I'm going to drink a beer, I'd rather just go to the brewery. See, I get into a new town and I want to go to a beer bar so I can sample a number. Try of, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, the problem with a beer bar there is you're also going to get the quote-unquote staples, which the is... flagship. Yeah. Depends, on, yeah. depends but, on the bar. Right. Yeah, But True. if So if, if you're going to get into a beer bar, uh, there's one down in Maryland where <laughs> I had the Adroit Theory like beer dinner. And they're a beer bar. But they have everything from everywhere, and I did not see anything Michelob or InBev or Coors. Good. Which is comforting. Yeah, but it, it like you're saying, it, it, it's also kind of I'm scared for them. Do they, yeah. scared for them as themselves in, out. Oh, yes and no, because if there are a couple breweries that are within, let's say, 90 miles of them radius, right? They do beer dinners. People are going to come in. They're going to be like, okay, I'm here for this brewery, but oh, this is what you're offering. This is the social media presence you guys have. This is, uh, right. I think, it's called Roast House down in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Off of uh, off of fifteen. Okay, that is one specific case where they offer just about anybody's beer nerd pleasure, <laughs> and I say it that way on purpose. No, yeah, there yeah. are places like I mean, Standard Tap in Philadelphia. They just they concentrate on breweries within yeah. hundred miles. That's all they do. They only do draft. Do you yeah, think I love that. Sustainable in the future, given things though, like. Are you thinking I don't know. this is a dying breed? Well, that's what I'm worried mm. about. I'm worried about, and especially in Pennsylvania, because we've got the uh, supermarkets soaking up yep. yeah, bar licenses, a lot of it. Yeah. which makes the license more I mean, expensive because of the screwed up system we have. It, and then it, you've got competition from the tap houses, or tap rooms, and then you've got competition from places like... TGI Fridays and Chili's and the, yeah. and they're also soaking up places. I mean, you go to like especially I now mean, after COVID. Like I'm not an Applebee's like every other day of the week. Like I haven't been to an Applebee's probably actually in like three or four years. But I remember the last time I was, they did have at least two or three yep. trogues. Yep, they did yep. have especially the like, one in Hershey. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. They would have maybe like Evergreen or a, one or two at least other. juicy. Yeah. Right, like yeah. Um, I mean, it took a while, but that that does happen, and that's right. not good for the beer bar either. Yeah. Yeah. Because if like if and I think there is like we're also in a weird maybe falling back from this because I think there was a definite push, and I don't know if it's just because I'm untapped, but like that idea of like every single I want to have every single beer like yeah. the, the Pokemon catch them all type approach. Yeah. And I got to like, tell you, coming from whiskey. <sighs> can't do it right and it's i just yeah. and i think people, and yeah. i think people in general are starting know. to get more to like this is this is my flagship i i really like perpetual ipa i really like juice juicy I i'm really, gonna die on this hill right like and they and i think people are kind of falling back to that like i don't care if i've had this beer five thousand times before i like the beer it's a good beer i want that beer rather than because I, I can say I've been very guilty of this in my own past. Like, yep. going to a bar and be like, there's four beers on that tap I know I've had before, and a fifth I've never had. I try that fifth one first. Yeah. And it may or may not have sucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, and, you take the gamble at that point. Right. Yeah. Because you go to, okay, so you go to a beer fest. Okay, yeah. I've had beers from breweries A through F, and like, they've been so so. Sure, I'm going to try again because maybe, just maybe, they were getting used to their system the first two years. And sure. now this third year, oh, yeah. it's going to be phenomenal. But, but Josh, then, how often are you in a brew fest, though? And more than halfway through the brew fest, does that really count? You're trying those beers because you're trying those <laughs> so beers this, at that so point. This, so this is a specific case. Okay. But I'm also going to say that there are breweries that I anchor down as, okay, I need a good beer. I'm going to go here. Okay. Um, again, since we're here... And since I am biased, I will make that known. When I go to a brew fest and like I've tried everybody else and it's like, I just need a good beer. I'm going to go back to Boneshire's tent and just, I don't care if I've had I mean, that beer 700 times. In the 90s just at, at the Scouts here. festivals, we always wound up back at Brooklyn drinking Brooklyn lager. Yeah. yeah. 
because we I, knew it was good and it was. Yeah, it's on point I, I, I need to recenter style. myself. Yep. Yeah, I think Brewfest also in that same vein of talking about like breweries closing. I think Brewfest are somewhere oh, on their yeah. way out. They're yeah. not. I mean, they're yeah. not dead. No, but no. they're working their way out. And the bad Brewfest or like just the Brewfest that were just like. Let's get as many breweries in. We don't care about quality, yeah. control, With, nothing. Yeah. Cause like, I know, or even just making bad. sure that people leaving there aren't completely inebriated, right. or aren't driving, yeah. that Always kind of, thing. like, responsible yep. ones. Because yep. yep. there's, there's a level of, like, and this is, I think, That's a again, weird thing, because I've actually seen more of that at beer festivals than at whiskey festivals. Oh, little scary. And, yeah, and you're, and you're working with ABVs that, now, grant you, this is different alcohol, Whee! and it's going to affect you differently. Yeah. But it's like, at whiskey festivals, if they have... Barrel, uh, barrel oh, strength yeah. or yeah, above. Are, it's there like there aren't a lot of eighty proof whiskeys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're looking at like 50 percent. Yep. See, and this is like, and COVID is also always going to be a play on things. Like we can't maybe get. A it's board. definitely got a fact. Right. right. Like, it's weird to like judge. Like, we're three four years out of COVID now. Like out of the mainstream of when COVID happened. And <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> But so it, so it is hard to somewhat judge things Time still is hard yet. to figure after COVID right. good things. I think, though, like, when my experience from, like, pre-COVID to, like, around COVID time at Brewfest was, like, every tent would always, like, at a Brewfest is you got two beers. You got your flagship and what would probably be your best selling or what would catch people's opinion to come to your brewery. Because the point of a brewery at a Brewfest is Maybe something make, new and weird. Right. Yeah. A lot of the time that was an IPA. And guess where their flagship was usually? An IPA. IPA. So you're fifth ten in at a brew fest. You've probably had like eight IPAs already. And a lot of people are stoked for that. And right. your tongue, but, but your tongue is numb. Right. That's the other half of yeah. it. Like, so you, let me go get a sour or a stout to recenter yeah. myself. And the problem then also becomes like you have no catch-all ability to know that brewery was better than that right. brewery because your IBUs have been up, down, left, right, center. And your ABVs are right. And I mean, obviously you're. Especially at like hour four of a brew fest, you're right. not really able to go. That was the beer I wanted. Yeah. That brewery I have to visit. No. No, so you're more than I'm going to go have a cigar. I think no, yeah, right? another yeah. one. Yeah, it was the last one tasted good. But so like tying that back to actual breweries closing, I think it, it's going to be like there is like somewhat of a finding the next fad. And because I mean, obviously, for money marketing purposes, you always want to be ahead of the curve. You want right. to find the next fad. And seltzers are kind of that, that ready-to-make oh, cocktails. Oh, we up. I think, I think that's over. I mean, now, yeah, right, right. I'm yeah. saying like 2022, 2023, oh, that yeah. was kind of the thing. Yeah, everybody got on it. But like now, it's, I don't, I yeah. think like it's trying to get to that, and it might be more of a diversification, like, because I think there is a pullback from the hazies. And so I'm hoping, anyway, just as a, a palette. Like Not a to everyone, but yes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there is, I think there is a, a a broader appeal to a broader appeal, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And I think there's also a weird like we did talk about that, like there is some benefit and in twenty eighteen there was probably more benefit of like you visited town and you knew there was eight breweries in that town. There's eight breweries that were actually benefiting from the fact that there's eight of them yes. there. Yeah. You're drawing them in. Right. Now maybe not so much. Like, they're actually, like, the old adage in the craft beer industry being, like, we're not in competition, we're just right. trying to get a, a some of the pie type of thing. Yeah. I think now there actually is competition. Yes. Like. Yeah, and I think th- that consolidation thing, you know, mm-hmm. that was. Yeah. But it also depends on what town you're going to. Because right. a place like York, I know that there are breweries that, um, that city has this beautiful dichotomy of, you have collusion you have yeah. Mudhook, you have Gift Horse, you have uh, Liquid, Liquid Hero. Hero. Yeah. And if any of those breweries are like, hey, I'm a little light on hops, can you like spare? Oh, Everybody yeah. is jumping yeah. in. Now, yeah, I don't and mean it's, it's right. right. But it's it does depend on the location because some cities treat it as, no, I'm better than you. And some yeah. cities are like, we're a family. Shut the hell up. I, I don't in, think in the, in the whiskey industry people say you know the production guys what do you need you need corn not a problem you need this yeah. you get it while the sales guys are out there having a knife fight over a 200 <laughs> milliliter bottle sale in Alaska let them like, be the no, ones that fight oh no, yeah absolutely 
That's think, what they're for. I think I another better example of like paycheck. breweries and Hull as a community is, um, I think it was last winter when um, um, Hemauer Brewing, yeah, the, the family house yeah. burnt down. Mm-hmm. And it was, okay, so they were doing some fundraisers at the brewery, but then every other brewery, including the one that we're at right now, Boneshire, had some sort of jar or was doing like a dollar oh, off nice. of like whatever pint. Yes, every, yeah. every brewery right. in this area. That is a community. Yeah. That is a family. Yep. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a I don't brotherhood. Think, right, yeah. I don't think it's so much that the breweries are looking at themselves as competition in that sense because they're still doing collaborations and right. stuff. Right. Sure. But I think as a market share, just due to people's money being more limited, yeah. um, just availability, people aren't like traveling like destination like, oh, I can go to this town and do five breweries and I'm going to do all five. Now it's like I'm going to be happen to be in that town because of X event. I have time to do one brewery. Which is the one out of those five I do? I see that question come up a lot. Yeah. yeah like it, um, the uh, Hanover thing is pretty cool because there's three on a block. Yeah. Yeah. You just walk around. Yeah. I, and, but, like, I'm not sure that now maybe that's going to scale back to, like, not being the benefit it used to be. Right. Where, like, years ago, three breweries on a block was, like, a, a great thing. Like, I could go to one, two, three, and so, you're getting tourism. <laughs> Now it's so. What's changed? People's mentality, maybe. I think it's some mentality. COVID thing. It could be like coming out of. I'm not a huge person. Like I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert in that sense. But like COVID made me more in that. I love you it. opened Sorry, a can of worms, dude. There's right. a ton of quiet scoffing around the table. Look, while, while we're stopping, unfortunately, we're, we're going to have to wrap yeah. up. That's about okay. all I yeah. got. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much. This is awesome. awesome. Appreciate you, dude. Yeah. 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 Thanks for coming out today. I, I hope I can get home today. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We'll be checking our texts just to make sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> all right. My, my conscience yeah. won't be very good if you don't <laughs> right, get right. home at this yeah, point. Yeah, what kind of event would this be if, like, the three of us get home and then we hear Lou's like, Oh, oh, the well, that's a downer. <laughs> we'll come get you. Right. Yeah, we'll send a tow truck halfway up. Josh, Amy, Ben, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank, thank you. you. All right. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That was great. Been wonderful. <laughs> We really should have talked more about the Tomatillo pizza, which was juicy and delicious. Boneshire is known for their pizza, both for the innovation and the general deliciousness, and I can see why. Also, I should definitely stop doing interviews with the mics sitting on plastic folding tables. There's a lot of rumbling and thumping in the interview. Sorry about that. I didn't go straight home. Even though the snow was falling hard, I tarried at Boneshire for a mug of English porter with my good friends Dwayne Hoffman and Carolyn Bletchley, fans of the show who live not far away. The porter was excellent, as was the moment. Cheers, you two. Like me, Dwayne and Carolyn are big fans of the Pennsylvania Farm Show. If you haven't listened to last year's Farm Show episode, it's number six, you really should. We went, Nora and Kathy and I, on the next to last day. It was swarmed with kids' groups, and we made our way to the milkshake line. I took station while Kathy was away to the mushroom stand, and Nora went for potatoes. We rendezvoused and took stock. One chocolate shake, one half and half, two baked potatoes and a boat of pierogies, fried mushrooms, mushroom soup, and a blended beef mushroom burger. I had some mushrooms, which, ah, they are the best fried mushrooms, a bite of the burger, and I ripped into my milkshake. Then I hustled over to the barbecue stand and got a goat sloppy joe with Texas barbecue sauce. My goodness, that was smoky sweet and tasty. So we wandered off. We looked at cows. Nora bought some yarn at the alpaca stand. We saw the butter sculpture. Of course. Then I cruised the marketplace looking for places that would be interesting for future episodes. And all too soon, we had to leave. If you've never been to the Pennsylvania Farm Show, you really should. Pennsylvania is a national leader in agriculture, and you can see that in the animals and people there displaying their products and talents. The animals get the most attention. Cows, horses, sheep, goats, huge rabbits. Still no poultry as avian flu is an ongoing threat. But it's not just animals. Pennsylvania grows and makes apples, mushrooms, dairy products, Christmas trees, honey, maple syrup, and yes, beer, wine, and cider. Cookies, jams, pies, canned fruits and vegetables, quilts and other crafts, cooking demonstrations with Pennsylvania produce and Pennsylvania chefs, and those gallons of wonderful milkshakes. Make plans for next year, and bring some young children. 
they should know where food comes from. So tonight, January 25th, is Burns Night, the international commemoration of the birth of Scottish poet Robert Burns in 1759. Five years after his death in 1796, friends held a commemorative dinner and toasted his memory and recited his brave egalitarian Scots poetry, including A Man's a Man for All That, Tam O'Shanter, Scots Wahay, and Old Lang Syne. We're doing a Burns Night dinner at the house. Friends are bringing vinyl recordings of Burns' poetry, books of the poems to read aloud, oh we will, and that great chieftain of the puddin' race, a haggis. Haggis has a bad reputation, and there are many jokes made about it, but it's just a steamed pudding made with oatmeal and offal. If the French made it exactly the same way, we'd be lined up around the block. Douse it with whiskey and HP sauce, and aye gay. To support the haggis, we're cooking tatties and neeps, mashed potatoes and mashed rutabagas, and I got some smoked haddock at Main Bay and Berry in State College to make Finn and Hattie that toothsome chowder, because, of course, it's still soup season. By the way, I talked to Sean Knight at Main Bay and Berry. I think there's going to be an upcoming episode about the various places who bring the best seafood to our landlocked paradise. We're also making Kranikin, a wonderful parfait of whiskey-soaked pinhead oatmeal, cream, honey, and fresh raspberries. I first had this at the legendary Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia and begged an extra portion to take back to Kathy. She was asleep when I got home, and I woke her up and spoon-fed her some of it. It's been a favorite of ours ever since. And I will have some good scotch drink. I'm headed over to the secret off-site location of my whiskey stash to pick out a few good bottles to oil the tonsils and properly toast the lassies. Because even though Burns Night isn't just about the whiskey, but about the man and his legacy, and the commonality of all. Well, Robbie Burns would have been the last to say nay to a drop of malt. Slanjava! That's the show. My thanks to Ben, Amy, and Josh for coming out in the snow to talk beer. And thanks to Alan Miller at Boneshire Brewworks for hosting us. You can see pictures for this episode on Instagram at Stag Podcast and on Facebook at Seen Through a Glass. If you'd like to toss a bit in my hat to keep the show going, please do consider the coffee button in my Instagram link tree, Twitter profile, both are at Lou Bryson, and at the Facebook page. This is an easy way to drop me a few bucks to help keep this going. And if you've already donated, thank you. Fruit Loops come in six different colors, but they're all the same flavor. The next episode, well, as I mentioned on the Facebook page recently, I really did do a lot of brainstorming, and we have a lot of new ideas. But it's been a while since we did a town profile, so that's what's coming. There are two possibilities, both in a part of central Pennsylvania that's new to seen through a glass. It all depends on which one works out for scheduling. As always, that's in two weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. This is Lou Bryson on Seen Through a Glass, from the smack dab center of the Keystone State.